people have a desire to grow and to, you know, not just read and not just hear testimonies in other people's lives, but they begin to see the power of God in their own lives. We were uh, we were um, in uh, with Anna last night. We were in some of her friends' home in Port Dover, and you know, with some Christian friends and ministers, and um, everybody was like excited. And we were talking about the revivals of the past. You know, they were they were talking about the revivals of the past, and you know, I've done that a lot. Spoken about the revivals of the past and the great men that God has used that are. I hope you guys are hearing me. That are in the grave. They are no longer alive. And I was like, the only reason why I'm actually reading about these guys that I talk about all the time is that I can, uh, they can increase my faith for what God wants to do to, through my life now in 2020 and beyond. But I tell you, if there's no, if there's no uh, continuity, if the uh, revival stop with them, they can say goodbye. I ain't spending my money and buy their books. Are no tapes. All that don't mean too much to me if there's not going to be a performance of that power in my life. So as we were around that table, you know, just dialoguing, I was having another conversation with God. I'm like asking the Lord about about today or what about now? What about now? Can we believe you for now that your power can come now? And, I, you know, after a certain point, I just felt the presence of God just came on my head like this. And I felt the power of God on my hand. And I was like, I had to pause them for a moment. And I said, oh, hold, hold a second. Because the God that I'm serving is not the God of yesterday. He's the God of today and the God of tomorrow. And he's here now. And right there, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about the sickness that was in someone's body. And I called it out. By the gifts of the Spirit, I called out that injured knee. And uh, and now uh, that person identified himself and then came forth for prayer. And before I laid hands, my God. This person was somebody had already, boom, fell under the power of God. And the Holy Spirit break wide open right there in that moment. And I, uh, you know, this is the way, this is what God wants us to have. An, an attitude of expectancy, right? An acti- attitude. But, you know, we, we sometimes come together and even as believers, and God is the one who causes us to, to come gather together. And we leave him out of the conversation. We leave the Holy Spirit out of the conversations. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that, not even one not even one time because I can do it out the conversations about the um, that are happening about the current affairs on the earth. I can do it out them, the political landscape and everybody touched that. And then they begin to talk about this and I begin, begin to talk about that. And I'm like, you know, file not found. That file is not found in me. I, right now I'm doing business with God. God wants me to go talk to the person who uh, needs healing, <clears throat> who needs salvation. I don't have time to discuss politics and which all of this thing all the time. The voting time is over now, right? There's a time and a place for everything. And God wants us to focus 24 sevens on the lost, on the hurting, on the broken. That's what Jesus did when he um, was on the earth, right? So thank God for all of these ministers and thank God. But how about today? What are we expecting God to do? I was putting a demand on the promises of God that are in scripture in that moment. I decided to check out and not take part in an intellectual conversation, in a tangible conversation. I wanted to go to a realm that was bigger than what I was seeing now. Because I know no real business is actually happening on the earth unless you're doing God's business. It's a, it's a smoke screen. Unless you're in Christ and unless he's using you, you've been bamboozled by someone called Satan. And he has you, uh, you know, like how they take the basketball and they roll it on their fingers like that. That's what Satan is doing with most Christians these days. Playing games. And there is power that is waiting 
God is like the spirit of God is hovering around us, in us, waiting to jump out. And there's no faith. There's no desire. I don't want to continually hear about mechanical things. That's why I don't watch a TV, because they will never make another movie that I will be impressed in. As long as they live, if they get all the best producers in Hollywood and they construct the best movie of all time, I would rather have two seconds or one second in the presence, in the presence of God. Because I notice this. I notice this. Whenever there is a revival, whenever the presence of God comes, it's more spectacular than any of those movies that are in Hollywood. People run away from all of these things that are, that, that are, they are, you know, so consumed with when the presence of God comes. So why is it that we're still impressed with all of these things? Why is it that these um, movies are, you know, we're laying in front of them in, on our TV screen 24 seven and watching it. Can't wait to go home. This is our, we're doing what the world is doing. And is, is that what Jesus was doing? When we could be taking our own show on the road, our power to begin to minister to people and see people healed and blessed. That's what the Lord is looking for, you know, a people that will turn their back on the stupid sitcoms that are on TV. Ridiculous. We're just pumping money into the uh, pockets of producers. I don't even know if they, they watch the um, stories that they produce. And the whole world is impressed with them. I'm not impressed with any. And for that matter, I'm not impressed with any that they're going to make in the future. They're the same replicas over and over and over. I'm looking to Jesus Christ because he carried on a movie that is still being carried on. That was live. Supernatural miracles. And if you're on the planet and have Jesus Christ inside of you and they're still impressing you with earthly things. Man, whoever introduced you to Jesus, we need to do a reintroduction to you about Jesus Christ and this gospel and what he, what, what he wants for us in our time here. Or else you're gonna you're gonna spend your days watching movies and be and going to um, Disney World and taking uh, vacations. And I'm not saying that you can't enjoy a bit of those. You can, but there we are consumed about them. And you know when you're consumed about these things, you know that's what you're gonna talk about when you go before people. And the Holy Spirit is not gonna be you're not gonna be a conduit for the power of God to bring life. As we go through, examine these gifts, who is actually expecting that God is going to cause these gifts to begin to, up, to be operational in them? Right? This is the focus. This is the intention. This is the intensity. Consistently. You know, God does not sleep nor slumber. We sleep. We get um, tired. Or we lose our you know, desire for him. Or we begin to lack expectation from God. The minute you begin to steer yourself up, the Holy Spirit will jump right through you, boom, into the person that is in front of you. That's what he's looking for. People with faith. You will see the power of God when you begin to pray for people. Last week, I was praying for someone. I was sharing with you guys. I was praying for this uh, gentleman last week, and he actually he, uh, died. I, I was praying that God would raise him from the dead, but, you know, he didn't have the desire. And the Lord said, when you go there, ask him what he wants to do. And, uh, you know, but, you know, I'm not depressed when they told us, when they um, let us know that he passed on. I'm not depressed because I know where he is, because that man, uh, I had conversations with him about Jesus Christ. So I know where he is this morning. But I tell you, if it was one, if it was just a regular guy that didn't know Jesus, my God, 
You know, I, w- I mean, there wouldn't be any happiness. There wouldn't be nothing to look forward to. Can you imagine if all we did was live this life, okay, and just um, buy a house, a car, raise a family, and eat burgers? What a boring, unproductive, useless um, existence. And God has come and given you life in Christ and activated you in the spirit. So this morning, we're going to continue on the gifts of the spirit. And I'm going to take it from a, a very uh, kind of like basic and uh, elementary way because that's how I learned. You know, God, the Lord, the Bible says that we should come like little children. We're going to continue on the gifts. Uh, let's look at uh, St. John 3. St. John 3, and we'll read from uh, one, we'll read an account of uh, Jesus having a conversation with uh, Nicodemus. I'll give you guys a, just a few more seconds to find that scripture. Mm-hmm. Father, I pray in Jesus' mighty name this morning, in the name of Jesus Christ, the living Christ, that as we read, oh God, that as we um, go into your word this morning, breathe by your Holy Spirit on your people, oh God, and quicken their understanding, oh Lord God, that the reality of what we are reading, the realness of it, let it sink into their being in every dimension, O Lord God, that we would be changed and transformed and renewed, O God, and that we would go forth and do the things that you've called us to do. In Jesus' mighty name. It said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. A ruler of the Jews. Just observe who this man was, that this guy was not a casual guy. Okay, a ruler of the Jews. The, na- the, the same came to Jesus by night. By night. I wonder why the Bible says he came to Jesus by night. It seems to me like he was hiding, like he was ashamed of something. Right? And he was coming to the creator of the universe. And he's a ruler of the Jew. These things don't uh, they don't add up at all. They don't, it doesn't add up. This man, if he's a ruler of the Jew, shouldn't he understand a few things? Shouldn't he be confident and, and actually privileged? To be to be um, meeting his creator and here, here he is a ruler of the jew about to encounter his creator and and had no concept <clears throat> so he came by night being embarrassed the same came to jesus by night and said unto him rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from god for no man can do these things that thou doest except god be with him jesus answered and said unto him verily verily i say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god now let's rest there um for a moment because we all understand that we were born physically every person understand that we, we were born physically and we did not know pretty much nothing when we were born and we saw that process now we can look back and see how we were taken care of by our parents right starting from the first day when they did all of the cleaning, all of the feeding, everything, every, everything that you needed to um, grow and to survive was undertaken by your parent. And gradually begin to grow, physically speaking. Gradually begin to learn as you develop. And you begin to eliminate many of the functions that they were undertaking. You begin to hold that bottle, that nipple bottle to your own head, right? You begin to, um, after a while, they begin to speak and to walk and all of those type of things. And we grew up into the fullness of who we are now to that point where you became self-sufficient. You totally grew, matured, and got to a point where you were able to survive on your own and construct your own life and relationships, etc., 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 right? And that's, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus here, 
except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is very important. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. <clears throat> awesome. So we are concluding something here. We have a spiritual birth, and then we have, we have a physical birth. No, we're talking about a spiritual birth. No, in the sense of when you were born physically, you, we saw, we, you can observe by um, your intellect and just looking at the process over time and see what you accomplished. Now, what happened when you under, when you have when you're born again? What is it that happens when you are born again? Do you believe that God gave us sense, senses and He gave us a mind? He gave us um, eyes and ears and all of these things from a physical perspective. And we saw how we were just matured into using these things the proper way. So, what is what is it that happens when you're born again? Based on scripture and based on what Jesus is saying, what is it that born when you're spiritually born again? That your spirit man can begin to grow, right? That you can you have um, organs, spiritual organs of expression, spiritual organs of reception, receiving things from God and expressing things. This is what we're actually talking about. We know that we have organ. We have, we know that we have physical. Um, abilities, or mind, or our brain, or intellect, or emotion, every aspect of our being that is given to us by God to function physically. But when you come and you say, Jesus Christ, I accept you, I believe that you came into this earth and you died for my sins, that I can have eternal life. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Boom. There is a process an initiation of your spirit being born. And now there's a growing up process spiritually as you begin to pursue you can grow up, you can mature spiritually, and you can begin to exercise your spiritual organs and begin to hear the voice of God. Now, look at this. Imagine you were born physically and you could not hear or you could not speak. We know something happened right there, right? Something is not right. Uh, we, they, you know, we make special reservation for these things. There are times when it can be fixed, and there are times when only God can heal you. But we know that is not the way it's supposed to be. And we don't have the same expectations on those people. So what do you think would happen if you be, were reborn, spiritually speaking? After we lost, um, Adam and Eve gave up their position in God, their spiritual place in God, in the Garden of Eden, and they went and came into the soulish dimension. And now you're activated spiritually again. Can you imagine if you never begin to hear and see by the Spirit? It would be, it would be akin to being blind physically or deaf physically. And we would know. So when you are um, at the same place spiritually, something is off. So there is a, an issue. All truths are parallel. There is an issue in the natural. There, is a, there are issues in the physical. And this is what we are addressing. Why? There is no spiritual growth, maturity, and so forth like that. We are dealing with these issues by these uh, lessons that we have been looking at. Because if it's not functioning in you the way that you would like, thank God, 
He has given us the understanding of how to change all of that. We don't want to be a, a ruler or a person like Nicodemus that was actually teaching on spiritual things. And the guy, based on what the Lord is actually saying to him, he had no concept of spiritual things. He should have never been in a position like that, actually teaching people, because he truly didn't understand spiritual things. So we, let's, in looking at the gifts of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit, let's read verses 7, actually. Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Must. That the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh. And whether it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that which that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. He says in verses 12, If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? So this is where we are. Born again people. Perfect. We are positioned because we all believe that Jesus Christ is who he says that he is in totality. And now we are pursuing God because every person on here is hearing God's voice. God is giving. If you are taking the previous things that we have um, gone through seriously, like discipleship and uh, constructing the foundational things in your Christian faith, this here automatic automatic it has to come power has to be released on you like we were saying last week if you're not taking um them serious you know what i can't guarantee anything because god's promises are contingent upon obedience so if you're not seeing we got to go back and see which area but now have this expectation that god is going to do something in you that you're going to hear his voice put pressure on the integrity of God put demand on the promises of God when you see people begin to say Lord you said that those who believe you in you the same things they, that you did they will do in Jesus mighty name I release the healing power of God over the sick body now be healed be made whole that's the audacity that Jesus Christ is looking for from people on the earth. You know, many people are telling you to be, um, want you to be quiet and humble, but they don't know, they don't understand the meaning of the word humble. They don't understand it. They think because you're bold and strong and believe God and you speak accordingly, you're not humble. They need to go back to the dictionary. That God is not, that is, that is called um, self-humility. That is not what God is talking about. Because you're not going to go and command results, being timid, wondering if God's going to do it. No. He's saying, go and take the land. Ask me for the nations. What type of mentality will it take for you to go and take the nations? When you're going around apologizing to people, not knowing who you are. That, that, that identity is not the one that God wants you to have. He wants you to, he wants you to know who you are in him. And trample on the serpents and the scorpions that are, that are afflicting your family. Go and dismantle, destruct, and destroy everything that stands before you. That is not constructed. Dominion. Dominion. A kingdom 
of priests and kings. Or else you're going to coexist with demons in your family. And in every year of your life. And I've made up my mind I'm not coexisting with no darkness because my Lord never did that. Hello? Wake up. In the name of Jesus Christ. So as we go about these gifts, let's just reflect a little bit on what we um, spoke about a few weeks ago when we went through the, when we started this process. So let's read, uh, let's go back to, um, just to give, I'm a little bit excited this morning, you guys can tell, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to forget my scripture. So let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. We'll read from 1 to somewhere around 11 or 12. <clears throat> it says, no concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. This is the, the spirit of God speaking to Paul by inspiration. So he has already given you his position on what I'm saying here. I would not have you ignorant. Period. Right there. That means it's yours. He said, you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto those dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God call it Jesus a curse. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. This revelation come to us by the Spirit of God. And now he's beginning to address the issues of the gifts. <clears throat> he said, no, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. I'm getting to the point where we're going to focus a little bit. Verses 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal, to profit those that are before you that you're ministering to. Mm -hmm. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, the word of wisdom. And we went through what the word of wisdom is. In a nutshell, we, just, we clarified that the word of wisdom is a wisdom that comes inside of you when you're facing a scenario that you do not know what to do and we went through um, a few scriptures we looked in um i think it's uh kings first kings three that story with solomon and and two ladies bringing um some issue that they had concerning one baby died and the other one switched the babies and the wisdom of god came on solomon and he said divide the baby in two and the one that owned the baby said no why because her bowels cry out for her child the other one was like yeah kill the child because she really didn't have that love. It was not her own child. Even by any means, that was cruel, right? But the one that really gave birth to that kid. But it took the wisdom of God for Solomon <clears throat> to work through that situation. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's the word of wisdom. To another, this word of knowledge. What is the word of knowledge? A word of knowledge is, you know, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're witnessing on the street, okay? You're standing before someone and the Holy Spirit is telling you, talk to this person. And you say, Lord, what should I say? And the Lord speaks a word all of a sudden, boom, in your mind. This person was in a, a car accident three years ago and, and they have a back issue. Boom. What is God saying? Number one, the person is going to wonder, how did you come into this knowledge? And number two, you got this because the Lord is going to heal them. He didn't tell you because he wanted you to just... Say, oh, you know, I knew that you were in a car accident. No, there's a follow-up. That's why the, 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 the gifts of healing work also in combination with the word of knowledge. So now you're going to say, 
the Lord just revealed to me, Jesus Christ just revealed to me by the Holy Spirit that you were in a car accident three years ago and the effects of that is trauma and your back is still in pain. And you say no, and the person goes, wow. Hmm. And this person could have been denying that God is real. And now you tell them that and they're shocked. They're like, oh, some other source is giving this person information. Yes, God. I know you pray for the person and the person get healed. No, how do you think this person is going to respond now to Jesus Christ that you're, you're preaching? You see that? This is one of the gifts. That's why we want to operate in the gifts. To another faith by the same spirit. Special gifts of faith. That you can believe God for anything in a moment. When that gift of faith come on you, you know it. When someone puts $100 in your hand, you can see it. When these gifts come on you, you feel this power just mm -hmm. raise up in you. And you know, when you speak that word, boom, there's a performance to that thing. You feel it. You know it. It's in your spirit. Just like how you can put something in your pocket and know it. That's how it is. You can get to that level. To another, the gifts of healing. My God, people of God, people of the Lord Jesus Christ, people, we need this gift, the gift of healing. How many people do we know that are suffering around us? A lot. Cancer. My God, you see why we need these gifts? Jesus still heals today. And we need these gifts activated so we can minister healing. We don't want to see people breaking, broken all the time. Healing, gifts of healing by the saints. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. These are the gifts. And we're going through them. One by one. Right? And the Holy Spirit can manifest the one that is necessary <clears throat> at the moment. At the moment that you are ministering before a person, the Spirit of God will know which one of the gifts is necessary for that person. And he will put a knowing on you or an unction on you in your spirit. What we're doing here is not like necessarily we have a spirit inside. I'm feeling the impulse. My God, when I go around a sick person, I'm feeling the impulse. God wants to heal this person. And I, by faith, I say, in Jesus' mighty name, be healed now. Boom. Done it in the malls. Done it on the streets. This is what, we, this, is what this is about, you know. It's not, it was, let me, let me, let me continue. Eh? Let, me, let, me, let me continue with this. So this, that last week, uh, previous to last week, we spoke about interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues or uh, special gifts of tongues. And today we're going to talk about interpreting those tongues. We talk about tongues that are given for edification. When you pray in tongues, you encourage your spirit. When you encourage your spirit, what do you think happens? You can hear God's voice clearer. That's one of the things. Pray in tongues for um, half an hour. And some of you are saying, I don't pray in tongues. Well, guess what? You have, you're not pursuing the Lord with enough, with enough vigor. You're not hungry enough for Jesus. I tell you that. Because you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Hello. He is not, Jesus Christ is not a million dollars. He's not $10 million that you can go. No, he's not that cheap. No, you can't buy him with money. So he says, all of my, all of your heart. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And let me tell you, when you find Jesus, you can't have any financial problem again. Period. You can't have financial problem. Unless you're not applying the system. You're being disobedient to the Lord Jesus Christ when it comes down to your finances. 
I'm not saying that God is going to, he will, it, this is not about a get rich thing. Just in case anybody think I'm actually preaching a um, prosperity gospel. No, because I've always said, wherever you live, if the Lord wants you to live in a mansion, fine. But if the Lord wants you to live in a one bedroom basement apartment, that's fine. I do, I'm just saying that's where he places you. He will always provide for you. The idea is lack of submission, lack of submission, lack of faith. That's what we're addressing now. So when you get, let's go into uh, interpretation of tongues, special gifts of tongues. So what is interpretation of tongues? The ability to translate divine utterances into common language or edification. The ability to translate divine utterances into common language for edification. So when someone in a church setting gets up and speak in tongues, there must be an individual that is not corporately that we're praying in tongues, but an individual out of the blue just begin to speak in tongues. There must be an interpreter, either that same person or someone else. Or else what will people think? These people are mad. Right? They are think they're gonna think that we're um we're nuts. Let me just I'm getting that feedback here. All right, so there it has to be. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 5. Paul speaking here, he said, I would that ye all speak with tongues, but ye would rather that ye prophesied. For greater, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except ye interpret that the church may receive edifying. So there has to be an interpretation in that in that case it has to be an someone has to give um some type of a meaning to that utterance or else it will be like confusion can you imagine unbelievers are there and people just begin to get up and speak in an unknown language and there's no translation then it, then it's just it, it doesn't edify so if you're feeling the unction to speak in tongues, you can speak to God personally. But if you do it in an open way, then you have to take into consideration that you, there must be a translation. If the Holy Spirit comes on you to that dimension that you speak out in tongues, yeah, that's right. Go ahead and do it. But you know that God is going to um, also provide the interpretation. Let's move to um, 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, let's read from uh, 13 to 23. It's very um, hard to uh, teach when you're this excited, quite frankly, or to even, uh, you know, maintain a, a continuous train of, chain of thought. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a little bit all over the place this morning, right? So, wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret, that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. So your spirit is praying when you're praying in tongues, but your understanding is unfruitful. He said, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. Now, when you begin to mature spiritually, you'll realize this. I pray in tongues and then I begin to pray in the language. And when I speak the English language out of my mouth, that's when I know what I was praying for previously. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding. Else when thou bless with the spirit, hello, how shall he that occupied the room of the unlearned Say amen. See what it's saying here? That if you just speak with tongues like that, 
How shall he that occupied the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks? Seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. So we are we want when we speak in tongues for it to be a blessing. So we have to do it in the prescribed way. We can't just get go off in tongues uh in a public setting just like that, without any uh follow-up interpretation. Verses 17, for thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. And the whole idea, when God begin to um, move, the Spirit of God begin to move upon a person to speak something, he's communicating something to the hearers. He's communicating something to the hearers. If he was communicating something to you personally, you know, the Lord didn't necessarily need you to speak in tongues. He could have spoken to you. So he wants you to be a blessing to those that are around you and to edify, to build them up based, based on sharing what God has spoken. And Paul is saying in verses 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding than by my voice, I might, that, that by my voice I might teach others. Paul is saying I rather speak less in tongues and speak more in English that, my, that I might teach others than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. All right, virgin, he said, be not children in understanding. Albeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. You know, when you, when, a, when you offend a child, when you eat a child, you walk around the corner and he comes back and he totally forgot that, right? So he's saying, he said, in malice be like children, forget things and forgive easily. But he says, in understanding, in understanding, be ye men. Okay? So that's, uh, in a nutshell, uh, interpretation of tongues, that language, that, you know, special gifts of tongues we're talking about for ministerial purposes. There must be uh, some follow-up in regards to giving meaning to what was actually spoken. Now we're going to move on to the next one, which is prophecy. And there, listen, we're doing these in a very, I would say, a remedial um, teaching. It's very, the, the initiation of it. These, there are certain levels and depths in um these gifts that are deeper but we're just we're not getting into that we just want to um understand that they that they are given to the body of christ and we can begin to move in them and that each and every one is gifted in some way but we just want to learn and and use these gifts in the way that they're supposed to be used so the next one is prophecy the supernatural ability to reveal information that is futuristic in nature prophecy so god is saying uh, God, the Lord could be um, showing someone something that is going to be happening one year from now or 10 years from now or a week from now, right? And you can, you can prepare for something because God has spoken it to you. Many hurricanes or um, earthquakes and so forth were, were um, predicted by prophets. One of the things I do a lot, especially when it, because, you know, there's a scripture in Amos that says that the Lord will do nothing unless he first reveal it to his servants, the prophets. The Lord will do nothing. So God does nothing major on the earth unless he first reveal it to his servants, the prophets. So I follow the prophetic voices, especially the ones that are uh, national prophetic voices. They speak over nations. I like the Elijah list. That's a platform where you can listen to these prophets because, you know, when you want to know God's position on any given issue, you have to get it by the Spirit. Only, period. Or else your mind, your prejudices, all of the things that happen that influence our 
how we think and our perspective is 90% of the time not consistent with what, what God's perspective on that thing is. And to truly know what heaven is saying on something, you have to hear by prophecy. You have to hear God's um, voice on a matter, globally, uh, politically, in every area. And I always, my whole goal is to agree with God. I don't want to be a Christian and telling everybody about Jesus and then I'm fighting about his political um, viewpoint or what he wants to bring about, which is a lot of that is actually happening now. This is why people, we're talking about spiritual growth and maturity. They only have salvation, but they have no concept. Because, what, you know, the reason why God is able to move on the earth is because of covenant, covenant. That what, that's what covenant gives God a legal right to move on the earth because he has agreement. That Abrahamic covenant that came down all the way to Jesus Christ is what gives God a legal right to move on the earth through men. And if you don't have that perspective, then you're going to look at the um, earthly factors in making decisions. And you will not have God's perspective. And that's why it's so important that we truly begin to... Um, Honor God's perspective because he's right about every single thing, period. How can I say I'd be a, a, a disciple of Jesus Christ? And, I'm, and I don't know what God is saying politically. Right? Or I'm voting inconsistent with God's will. I mean, I know people don't want to hear about politics. Hello, if you're in the church of Jesus Christ and you don't want to hear about politics, something is wrong because those political people that we vote into um, office, they go and make decisions that affect our lives, affect our children, our generations, many years on the line. So how could, it doesn't make sense. So when people say that, oh, you know what, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, those are blind people. It's only the world is supposed to speak like that. These are issues. That's why I don't, they took the um, Bible out of the um, schools in North America. Because people go, we don't want to talk about um, politics in church. Hello? Doesn't make sense, right? They can't tell, condition us and tell us what to, how to think when God has given us um, a way of thinking that is separate from the world. And we have to operate by that way of thinking. So that's what, uh, in a nutshell, prophecy. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 3 in regards to prophecy. He said, but he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. So what is the use of prophecy? When the Lord says to you, even if the Lord shows you, let's say, for example, you're going to church, okay? And the Lord speaks inside of you. The Spirit of God speaks inside of you and said, brother so-and-so is actually stealing. He's actually, brother so-and-so is stealing. You know, first we have to understand, why is it that God gave you this information? I think the Lord wants you to do something like this, okay? The Lord revealed to me that you're doing something that is dishonest, and God wants you to stop. The Lord wants you to know that He can provide for you, that uh, He can uh, fill all of your needs, and, uh, and you don't need to do this. And God will actually create a way for you to make income. So, you see, when you give that prophetic word, just because God identified something that was not right, that some mistake that one, a believer was making, the idea is not to condemn that person. The idea, the idea is not to put that person down. The idea is to counsel that person. And the words that we use must do these three things consistently. Edify. Right? That means it builds them up that God cares about them in this area. Exhortation. That is like direction. God is saying, don't do that anymore. Go I can provide a different way for you. And then the next one is comfort. 
because now they know they don't have to do this anymore. It gives them comfort. Thank God. I can. Do, I don't have to think about this. God is going to provide a way. So when God gives you a word for a person, it must always do these three things. And this is why we must be fit. We must. We, we'll another time we'll talk about the fruits because no, if God gives you this um, word and you're not renewed in your mind, okay, and you are a vengeful person and you don't have the fruits of the spirit, you know what you're going to say, right? You're going to say, you thief. God just revealed to me that you're stealing. And now you destroy, we destroy that person. When the Lord really wanted them to be corrected and put them on the right, right path. So this is why we talk about um, these gifts are awesome. Especially the prophetic gift. We must be very careful with it. And, and I find that a lot of people abuse this prophetic gift. But those people, if you put them around a sick person, they will never pray. Never lay hands on that person and pray. But prophecy, nobody can tell. So, so they, they hide behind the prophetic gift. Because nobody, you know, they speak a word over a person and nobody knows if it ever comes to pass. But then if you really want to see people uh, that have faith, there's us to, they, they, let me see them witness. Let me see them pray for the sick. And, they, and, and then I'll know the power of God is actually moving on them. Except that, you know, you're a prophet. When you're, where anyone can prophesy. That means God can give anyone a word for another person. The office of the prophet is different. That's when God chooses a person to occupy, occupy the office, which is a higher role than just prophesying. But the idea is that when God gives you a word, make sure it do these three things. Another thing you, must, thing you must make sure that when you get a prophetic word for a person in a corporate setting, like in a church, you should um, run this by your leaders before you share with that person. You should not go... Take the word and go share with that person because the word, I will, will, we will provide you with scriptures that it should be tested. No word of prophecy is for private interpretation. It should be tested because there are another scripture that say, in part we know and in part we prophesy. That means an element of it is coming from God and an element of it is coming from the human aspect of you. So it can be dangerous now if you don't test it. And then also uh, uh, when you deliver these words, you know, because God could be calling people to be able to, to move to different areas of life, different um, occupation, different countries, and so forth. And sometimes there is wisdom that goes along with that prophecy. Maybe the timing is not right. Sometimes the, the prophetic word that you receive, it's not time to tell that person. They're not at the maturity level for you to release that word. So just because you, you got a word from the Lord does not mean that you should share it. The wisdom that goes with dispensing these gifts is very, very important. Right? Because we know that people have to be developed. Yes, God can show you that person is going to be, you know, the next Billy Graham or, you know, travel the world and, and um, work on his behalf and so forth. But there is maybe it's for five years on the line. So you have to be very careful. And that's what happened when you begin to subject that word to the, your, your leaders, your authority figures, then know they will be able to vet that word. And, and then even when they share the word, they can say, oh, pray that the Lord will give you the timing, the timing. Because if you go up before your time, the provision will, will not be there. Because there's, a, there's a, um, a process that God takes you through when he's preparing you, especially for ministry. So, you know, we should go after these gifts, but the... Um, Use them in a mature way, especially the prophetic gift. Use wisdom. 
Don't get excited because you have the gift. The gift is just given to you. It's not something that you work for. So you can't prove anything by showing people that you're prophetic. Who cares? The, um, if you, if, when you get a gift uh, in Christmas, did you work for it? No, it's the same thing in the, with spiritual gifts. The idea is make sure that it's a blessing to the people that receive it, that it gives, it brings um, honor and glory to Jesus Christ through what he's doing through your life in that person that you're um, speaking over. And that is um, uh, just a quick run over of the gift of prophecy. The next one is the gift of faith. Gift of faith. What is the gift of faith? It is a supernatural faith given by the Holy Spirit to perform miracles. So we have regular faith and then we have the gift of faith. And you will know when that gift of faith comes on you. You can believe God for the impossible in that moment. It's, it's an unusual ability to believe God and for raising, for example, raising the dead, multiplying of foods. We see Jesus did this. Let's go to Acts 3 and verses 10. Acts 3, and let's read from, uh, actually, let's read from 1 to 10. 1 to 10. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, he was asking for money. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave eat unto them, expecting to receive something. Then Peter said, let me just let this person in. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I have, I have none, have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So we see, Pete, there was actually two gifts that were actually uh, operating right here. Peter had an amazing faith to believe that this guy was going to be healed. And then the gift of healing came in the immediate and caused this man to be healed. And he says in verses 8, And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, temple walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was the... He which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. You see, this is the power of God. And you know, when you're just, imagine this, when you're just about your father's business, right? When you're just, you know, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that you're coming into contact with, whenever they get the Holy Spirit give you grace, on the streets, in your family, at your workplaces, and so forth. And you begin to open your mouth and begin to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that he died for your sins, and so forth. And you begin to, you know, sometimes, not necessarily with great confidence when you initiate this, but you begin to lay hands and pray for people, and so forth. And if you, have per if you persevere, 
and you continue to do. There is going to come a time when you know what's going to happen. My God, the Lord is not going to deny you forever. My Lord, eh? that power is just going to go like that. Boom, right through your hands, right through your hands. Boom. That's what Peter was doing. He was just, he didn't necessarily know before he got in front of this man that God was going to do something so awesome. But they were just preaching the gospel everywhere. And there, was, there is going to come that occasion when such a supernatural miracle is going to happen by the hand of a regular guy like us, regular people, not the Catholic priests that are burning incest continually. They are like no miracles, not too many miracles happening there. Regular people like you and I on the street. See why we need to begin to open our mouths and speak about Jesus again. And begin to pray and lay hands on people and pray for them. Right? That is, these are the gifts that will begin to be in operation in us. The gift of, next one is the gift of healing. <clears throat> And this one is very important. This, the gift of healing, the ability to supernaturally bring physical and emotional healing to people. My God. The ability to supernaturally bring physical and emotional healing to people. Now, this gift here in particular is amazing. Amazing. Because God not only heals physically, because most of the, what I've come to realize that people are suffering on the inside, on the inside, trauma from past pain and hurts. And you and I know these people. We know them. Do you know that Jesus Christ can heal them? Not only physically, in the soul, the memory, the memory that is in their soul concerning the sufferings that they um, encountered or endured previously are there that's where we see ministries like katie souza joyce meyer they are very strong in their healing sometimes we are focused more on physical healing because we want that to be so tangible we want to see that layman get up and walk but what about the people that are suffering on the inside this is where this gift of healing can come in and do amazing things. You know, most of the people that Jesus healed, you know, we think about it from a physical perspective, but that's what it was. The physical manifestation of healing was a byproduct of Jesus Christ addressing an issue that was in the soul and the body follows. The body follows. That's why there's a scripture that says, that what's that script? Well, let me see if I can find that scripture. I think it's in the book of Peter. Talks about talks about you will prosper. He said, "Beloved, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper, even as your soul prosper." So, so healing for the soul, God can go beyond medicine, right, and go into the soul and heal the memory that is associated with that traumatic thing that happens to a person. Third John 2 verses 5. Beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We are the key 
to those people that have been uh, hurt in so many ways, abused and so forth, to them getting their healing. And this gift of healing can come on you. Let's look at Acts uh, 10 and, and verses uh, 38. Acts 10, 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. All, my God, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Oh, God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. That's what the, this is what we have. The Holy Ghost and power. All of these things. I, I was, uh, I keep reminding people about their position in Christ and that you must take him at his word and believe that he wants you healed physically, emotionally. He wants you whole. We must go after it. We must go after it. Let's read um, Isaiah 53 and verses 5. Isaiah 53 and verses 5. It says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chast chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. When is that going to happen? When we get to heaven? I don't think any sickness is up in heaven. So when? It's for no, no, no. This is why we, it's so important that we manifest these gifts of the Spirit and begin to undertake the process of healing people and not shy away from ministering to people with physical issues, with me mental issues, and so forth. The power of God as we come into our identity, as we come into, into our identity, you know, they don't pay you a salary for Porsche because you walk by the building. They don't pay you a salary for selling Porsche vehicles because you go in and look at a building. Uh-uh, uh-uh. They pay the salesman who make the sale. He's hired by the company. So when you want to do, when you want to undertake the business of Jesus Christ, you have to come into the kingdom and subject to every part, every every area of your life, to his lordship. And now you can go dispense his power. You can speak words that are spirit and they are life. And people will know when you go around, something shifts, something changes, something happens, spiritually speaking. And that's why we need to contend for these gifts. We are worried about COVID. This is why I said, oh my God, can you read this thing and be worried about COVID? Oh my, can you read these gifts and be, and be worried about COVID? My God, since March, I've not missed one day. I've not gotten up one day and thought, man, I could get this COVID. I was um, talking to um, someone this week and they were asking me, what would happen if you get it? I'm like, uh, you know, God told me about big things. I am in agreement with what God has spoken. My Lord, no flu. I curse that COVID. No way. It can't come to my house. It can't stop the ministry and the people's lives that are going to be changed because it's too important to God. We can't kick the bucket because of uh, some ridiculous flu-like symptom. My God, if Jesus is healing cancer and those things, what COVID? Believe God. 
you know, God is like, the spirit of God is activating me this morning. And yeah, I feel his presence here. And God wants the body, the people to begin to do this thing. Get up in Christ. The next one is the working of miracles. And we wrap it up this morning very quickly. The ability to bring about supernatural results. When you're activated in your spirit, when you're born again and you begin to mature and you're subjected your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, these gifts are yours. Yours, period. The ability to bring about supernatural results above the law of nature. It seems impossible naturally and it's instant. It's not healing, which is progressive or potentially progressive. It's instant. John 21, I will read 3 to 6. That's St. John. From verses 3. You know, while we are at home, my God, look at what is available to us. While we are, we are at home, depressed. While we are at home, meandering around. Wondering what is actually happening. This is who we are in Christ. My God. This is the reality of our identity in Christ. Hello? <clears throat> and we are not living up by faith. We are not walking it out. We are waiting for a knock on the door. Jesus is here in a, um, to pick you up. No. He already picked you up when he, when he went on that cross. Understand that he lives inside of you now. And take the gospel and run like, like Elijah ran before the chariots of Ahab. Outran it. My God. When the Holy Ghost come on you, you don't know what the hell you might do, eh? Including raising the dead. Oh, my God. St. John 21, verses 3. Simon Peter said unto him, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then said Jesus unto them, Children, have ye any meat? Hello? Is there any healing in your life? God Almighty, this morning. They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and he shall find. What, what, what is going to happen when Jesus Christ turn up on the scene? Whoa. When the Lord turn up on the scene, what's going to happen? Salvation, healing, deliverances. Eh? COVID die. When God comes, COVID die. And here we are, Christians. Believing like the world is believing. My God, they're walking in their own house with masks on their face. Oh. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and he shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multi multitude of fishes. My God, Jesus Christ. This man, I'm impressed with him. Again, I'm impressed with him and his abilities. And the abilities that he has given to us. Why? What? You see why we're pursuing him? We're pursuing God for the people that we're going to meet this week and next week. And next year that are being afflicted, okay, that are going through all different type of struggles, where we're seeking God now in advance 
when we meet them in January and February and March and April and May, all the way to December, what do you think we're going to do? Release the power of God on them for salvation, for healing, for deliverance. We know this is going to happen. That identity has sink into our spirit. You know when your computer is doing this? No, we're not in that stage. Loading. We're not. We're continually loading other revelation and understanding. But we are activated in the now. Today. For the people that are coming. Don't stay home. And lament your stay. My God. Don't ever question the word of God. As long as you live. Never question the word of God again. Period. Never. Don't doubt it who you are in him. Ever. Put some punctuation mark and some full stops. In your faith. Period. Never to be changed. That's why we have men. That have been martyred for Jesus Christ. You know why? They made a statement to their minds. He is Lord. He is King. And I will die. At the stake they will burn my body but they will never change my opinion about the lord jesus christ because i'm telling you the most glorious day you are, you exist on this planet earth is the day that you die best day of all it's just the people that you left behind is sobbing because they miss your your um jokes but for you it's a glorious day it's a wonderful day that day when you exit this realm and this body and don't have to deal with this anymore but i want when i exit my god that that which i was supposed to accomplish but my god the people that are supposed to go to heaven because of this ministry let them go up with with us so god is saying this morning don't call me down kim the holy spirit is telling me to get excited and you're calling me down hey who should i listen to <laughs> Yeah, I feel God is saying, my people, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and cry out to me, then I will hear their voice. I will hear their cry. Stir up yourself. Come to that prayer meeting. My God, chase this Jesus. Touch the hem of his garment like that woman did. And see the transformation that happens in your life. And live a life of purpose. Live a life of dominion. Live a life of authority. And don't let some devil that has been condemned to hell ruin your relationship with Jesus Christ and the effect that he wants you to have. Rise up. Rise up, bride of Christ. My God, people of God. The one, my beloved, the Lord says to you this morning, my beloved, I love you so much. With an everlasting love. I demonstrated that to you when I went to the cross. And no amount of beating, no amount of whipping on my back, right, could allow me to turn back. None. And the fact that they were going to drive these nails in my hands, that is a statement. My God, eh? That... Moment by moment, Jesus was tortured. Moment by moment. It was not a quick thing, you know. 
John the Baptist was beheaded in a moment. Jesus was tortured for hours. And that blood drained. He took it. He took the beating for us on that cross. And we are in him. We are. We exist in him. We eat, we move, we breathe in Christ. Let your identity in him. My God, construct it now. Believe his word now, once and for all. Believe. Overcome. Fight with everything that he has given you. And don't let this dying world overcome you. Don't let it happen. Continuity. You know, some of you um, that are more senior, God is looking for everyday Christians, everyday believers, intimacy, my God. And then you, those who are down at the lower end, at the, come up higher, come up higher, come up higher. Come up higher. Begin to seek Jesus Christ. Lock your way in. Lock yourself away in your closet. Cry out to God daily. Cry out to Him until you have encounters with Jesus Christ. Let your spirit, you know, let your spirit man burst through the hindrances, the things that have held you back in a previous season. In this season, let your spirit burst through with your hunger and your thirst and your desire. For Jesus Christ until until he comes and encounter you and change your life you need that encounter we all need that encounter amen hello good morning again that is the message for today father in Jesus mighty name shift your people this morning oh God Shift your people, O oh God. Let us not be the group that came on Sundays and go home the same. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, let it not be this group, O oh Lord. That there would be a desire on Monday, a desire on Tuesday, a desire on Wednesday, right throughout the week. Let there be a desire, a hunger, and a thirst, O oh God. Meet them, O oh Father, in Jesus' mighty name, as your people come before you, O oh Lord, to kneel before you and cry out to heaven, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Meet them where they are, O oh God. Give them divine encounters, O oh God. Shift them, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Move them, O oh God Almighty. Change them, O oh Lord God. Let names be written in the book of life. Oh, Lord Jesus, through those of us that are gathered before your presence, oh, Lord God, that we would win the loss, oh, God, that we would run, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, with power. Let the gifts, oh, Lord God, let them explode, Holy Spirit, let them explode through us in healing, in salvation, inner healing, oh, Lord God, for many are suffering this morning. Even those that are on here before me this morning, before us this morning, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that the wicked one is afflicting. We release your healing power over them now, O oh Lord God, that they will not go back to this torment, that they would not go back, O oh Lord God, to this discomfort, O oh Lord Jesus. Heal them this morning, Father, we pray. Heal them. Right now, we decree and declare in Jesus' mighty name that the dynamite power of God that move through Jesus Christ, move through your soul now to bring healing, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring strength, 
We release that healing power over you now by the authority of Jesus Christ that has been granted to us. Every facet of your being be made whole now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. Lord, we honor you this morning and we thank you this morning, oh God. We are hungry and we are thirsty, Lord God. Fill our desires. We bless you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That is the message for today. And we will now open it up for a prayer. Um, I did have something to share on the prophetic, but I don't feel it's fitting right now after all the shaking and everything. It's kind of like that got shaken out of me because it's very hard to sit beside Jody when he's so fired up. I like there's legs moving, arms throwing, so I have to be like, so anyway, um, the testimony that came to me to share today was, um, at work, there was this particular individual and then we were just talking and then I don't know where how the conversation went there, but with me it always goes go there eventually. And then I was talking about the fact that I'm a believer. And then he was like, Yeah, I'm a believer too. And then I'm like, Are you kidding me? You're a believer. And then I started to tell him, I don't know where this boldness came from, but I started to tell him the truth. And I said, You know what? You're a little undercover Christian. Because in all this time, like you know, when there will be other people around and I will be stating what I believe, he will always be there, but he, he will always be quiet. And he has never shared. I didn't even, that's what I was saying. I didn't even know that you were. And then the thing that's coming back to me now, it's the scripture that's coming back, that if you're ashamed of me now here on earth, what will happen when he put in his return and you're standing before his father, then Jesus Christ, he also will be ashamed of you in front of his father and the angels. Now, which one carry more weight or impact that's everlasting life? You're going to be condemned for life just because you wouldn't stand up for truth or for what you believe in because you're ashamed of what man, of what flesh would say. And that, that just bring me back to all of what Andrade has been saying also. You know what? Stand up and just be counted. Be counted. Be one of the remnant army that the Lord is raising up in this end day right now to be used. Because he said in the last days, he's going to pour out his flesh, his spirit upon flesh. And will you be counted among one of those that will receive the spirit of God to go out there and to be ambassadors and to be activated and to be doing, to be laying on of hands and just to be expressing Jesus Christ within the earth? Are you ready to be counted as one of them or are we ashamed? So I just Amen. leave you with that. Amen. Praise God. I believe they got the message this morning. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we will open it up for prayers. If you have a prayer request, just type it in the chat. Yes. 